It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast for June 14th. I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G. want to thank you so much for making me a part of your day. This is going to be an abbreviated episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast because, well, I'm sure you've got things to do and there's not just a ton of Thunder news going on, so we'll revisit some Sam Presti comments from his exit interview about the current state of the Thunder throughout the podcast today, and I will pass along some Summer League stuff coming up, and then we will hear from Trey Young as well, who has a uh, big day coming up with the NBA draft, Then I'll tell you sort of the uh, breakdown on Trey Young as we get a little bit closer to that day. My name is Eric G. I did a lot of radio in Oklahoma City, or I did some radio in Oklahoma City and hosted a lot of Thunder post games, the occasional pregame. And what else can I say? I work for another publication called Thunder Digest. I'm a credentialed member of the media and have been very lucky to cover this team for the past five years. If you like what you hear, I ask you to log on to lockedonthunder.com, check out all our podcast archives as well as archives from players and coaches throughout the season with the Oklahoma City Thunder and always go to LockedOnSports.com for the latest around the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA because what the Locked On Podcast Network is, is it's your team daily and it's the biggest stories covered by local experts. You don't get that really on a lot of other podcasts. It's usually national people talking about national stuff. No, these are people who are entrenched with these teams and they're able to give you the latest information. And uh, wow, I guess that means we got to talk about Toronto's new coach as well before the end of the podcast. Anyway, let's jump into it. Um, Yesterday, there was a tweet that came out and I can't even remember who it was. It was from a state representative here in Oklahoma. I'd love to get him I'd love to give him credit, but it slips my mind right now. I don't know where this billboard is. I don't know wh- who put it up, but I want to thank them because there's a billboard. It's it's a very artistic billboard of LeBron James facing one way, Russell Westbrook facing the other. It says LeBron and Russell no cupcakes. And I will retweet that out for you if you haven't seen it. And we've talked a lot about the idea of LeBron James coming to Oklahoma City here over the last few podcasts. But, one, I I think the majority of us do not believe it's going to happen. I don't think you think it's going to happen. Maybe you do. Personally, I don't. Um, But I'm very cautious when I say I don't think it's going to happen because some wild things have happened with Oklahoma City over the last few years. And I've said that a million times as well. But... Here's one thing that I haven't said, and this is where we've got to tap the brakes, pause, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. The fact that OKC is even being mentioned by people and the fans really think that there's an opportunity to get LeBron James should tell you 
how far the Thunder have come in a very short period of time. And it should also tell you just how the Thunder is viewed around the NBA now and how maybe they're viewed here in Oklahoma City. And I'm willing to bet that 10 years ago, when you heard there was an NBA team coming to Oklahoma City, or now 11, and there was going to be this team called the Thunder, or the Barons, or whatever some of the other names that were called Thunderbirds, I think may have been one that was being considered. Um, I don't know that... I don't know what people had in their head at that time. I don't know if people thought that they would be a championship contender the way that they have been, a perennial playoff team the way that they have been, that they would that the superstars like Kevin Durant and and Russell Westbrook would play here as long as they did, and especially Russ, who just inked that five-year Supermax. I I don't know what you you thought. I I know my thought was it's going to be great to have a team here. I imagine they'll probably be as successful as the Hornets were in New Orleans or Charlotte or the Pelicans. I thought they might end up being like the Jazz, where you could be good, but you weren't going to attract free agents, but everyone would sort of rally around them. And the Thunder have gone next level. Sam Presti has put the Thunder in position to be next level. Russell Westbrook has put the Thunder in position to be next level. And that's not something that should be taken lightly. It should also be pointed out that this could all go away in a heartbeat. And it wouldn't take much for the Thunder to absolutely tear down everything they built up. Paul George could leave. Russell Westbrook says, hey, I know I signed a Supermax, but I don't want to stay here if you can't attract free agents. So figure out a way to trade me. He becomes a malcontent. Sam Presti's forced to to make a move. Steven Adams gets traded because he can bring draft picks, which is another thing in the LeBron. I, I, I don't ever want to imagine at least right now, a team without Steven Adams because if Steven Adams leaves, there's not enough in the middle for the Oklahoma City Thunder to rebound from that. But it's just, in a sense, this is just, this is mind-blowing to me that this conversation is happening because it's not something that I ever thought would happen. Not 11 years ago, not after 2012 when the Miami Heat beat the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs and not after Kevin Durant left. But it's here. It's real. It's, it's a lot more tangible than, than maybe we ever thought it was. And and that's fun. And, and it's a lot more fun to talk about a team that might be able to pull something like this off versus a team that you know has zero chance of pulling this off. And in order for LeBron to be here, so many dominoes have to fall into place. One, the the Thunder have got money issues. Do you trade a Steven Adams? You can't at that point probably bring back Jeremy Grant. At least I don't know how you bring back Jeremy Grant. Josh Eustace, you would deplete your bench. I don't know what kind of bench you would have if LeBron James would would come. I, I I don't know that it could work with Russell. It just, it almost, it's it's like the damn Rubik's Cube to me. Put the Rubik's Cube in front of me when when everything is all, or all the colors are in the right place, mix it up, and then I've got no idea how to fix this thing. Because my mind doesn't work that way. And even I would think the most savvy person about salary caps and 
and and what these contracts are and luxury taxes, the, the, the most studious person would have a hard time working all this out. And in the end, it may just prove not to be worth it to everyone involved. Thunder, LeBron, Russell, Paul George. It, it just may not, not even work out. But it is a hell of a lot of fun talk about and the Thunder gonna the Thunder have already proven that they will take risk in fact that's something that Sam Presti talked about in his exit interview when making the trade for Paul George and giving up a guy like Victor Oladipo who next year could be a serious candidate for NBA MVP we weren't going to have access to a player like that in any other way Um, especially not at that age or with the type of fit next to our core players meaning um Adams, uh, Westbrook, and Adams. It just, you can't get access to those players. Now, um, there's a significant amount of risk that comes with that, but with where we are in the juncture of our timeline as an organization and where we were with Russell at that point in time, uh, you're going to have to get comfortable with that. I mean, we talked about that at the time. Um, We also think that although it was a disappointing year, in our first year together, um, there were some really positive things that took place wasn't enough we feel like maybe should be a little bit better but the foundation in year one um you know is certainly in a optimistic uh, framework but we traded for him because we get to be around him we get to build a relationship with him we get to build a relationship with his representation we get to answer questions um and you get to have dialogue and as i said before um you know we're able to talk about those things openly uh, I, I, if you're fortunate enough to get a an hour long free agent meeting it's not going to be here it's not going to be in front of our fans it's not going to be you know in the environment that, I personally think this is a wonderful environment to play basketball as a professional athlete um, a big part of it is the universal and unwavering support that our fans provide the team I think it's a great quality of life I think that you know are, we're resourced exceptionally well by ownership to provide the players an environment to amplify their talents. Um, and I, I'd like to show that to anybody. But, um, but I think what we've learned over time is you just have to be yourself. Sam Presti doesn't strike me as the guy that operates with a lot of regret. Whether it's making the deal for Paul George or shipping off James Harden to Houston... Sam Presti is a guy that deals in the here and now. And he just does. He looks at the results of what he does and then figures out what his next move is going to be after that. And when that biography is written, I'm sure that's going to be the overall tone of it. I don't think you'll ever see Sam Presti say that his biggest regret was trading James Harden or that his biggest regret was getting the people that he did in that trade, or Paul George or whatever, I just think Sam Presti's going to tell you in the end, hey, this is what I did, and this is how things turned out. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Speaking of Sam Presti, we will revisit some of his better comments during his exit interview coming up next on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Your team every day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget, Locked On NBA is doing a heck of a job with the NBA draft as they have all their mock draft podcasts coming out now. And you, if you are an NBA draft, Nick, check it out at LockedOnNBA.com. And of course, there is LockedOnSports.com where you can get access to all those podcasts. Let's revisit some of Sam Presti's greatest hits during his exit interview now. And we start with this one. We've already talked about uh, Paul George and the risk of not taking Paul George. Uh, we've, we've got into that. So I want to get into Sam Presti talking about just exactly the whole Carbello Anthony deal because that still, we haven't, we haven't even crossed that bridge. I mean, you talk about bringing LeBron here. What are you going to do with Carmelo Anthony, who's got $28 million left on his contract? Carmelo Anthony, very open, very honest. Sam Presti dealing with Carmelo Anthony. How how are you going to deal with Carmelo Anthony, Sam Presti? This is what I would say. Um, you know, I'm going to reiterate one thing because it's important to me. Um, his comments at the end of the year um, should are not reflective of his approach during the year because this is the NBA of 2018 and you guys would probably know <laughs> that was not the case uh, because for, no, pretty much everything um, so uh, he put both feet into that he has to decide whether or not he wants to do another year of trying to make this transition as a stretch player that's the first thing and that's I think he's being very candid and very honest I, I respect that I respect the fact that he's being open about that. Now, we have the same responsibility. We have to be candid and honest with him. But one of the things I really like about Carmelo is, like, he's a mature person. You can talk to him. You can, he listens. He's, a, he's been professional with us within the building. Um, I'm sure there were nights he was frustrated because it's a big transition that he's trying to make or was trying to make this season. Um, and we have to figure out, again, like we don't know exactly how our team's going to look. What I can promise you is that, one, the method of this takes time because you, 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 you're not, you, this is, these are dialogues and conversations, and you've got to be straight with people. You've got to be honest with people. You've got to tell them where you stand because if he is back with the team, if he feels like this is something he wants to continue to do, we all just got to be on the same page. And that's just, I don't want to... I don't want to lead it any different direction. That's Carmelo is, um, you know, was great for us this year in the role he was playing. He made more threes than he's ever made in his career. Changed his shot distribution. Um, you know, lowest turnover year. And as I said before, like, you know, that lineup was the best starting lineup in the league. Um, but we also don't know what our team's going to look like. So once that stuff starts to clarify, we can have some more detailed conversation. We'll do some listening. We also owe some, some, some. Um, um, that's the right word. Information, I guess, as well. And we're looking forward to doing that. It's the best I can answer right now because there's so much time. Sam, we also want to know about Jeremy Grant. What's going to happen with his future? Because, hey, you could have signed him, but you didn't sign him. And now you got to deal with him in free agency. 
So how confident are you that you can bring this cap back, Presti, on Jeremy Grant? Well, I mean, with respect to that, I mean, I don't know how much I can say on it other other than um, you have to have two, two people have to uh, cooperate with respect to an extension, right? And you didn't mention the fact that he's, he, he's potentially extension eligible. Um, with respect to restricted free agency, you just don't know what the market could potentially be. Uh, we didn't know what was coming at us. Uh, we knew that we were going to have an expensive team. Sometimes people forget that um, Carmelo's, Carmelo's deal is roughly, was, was basically the equivalent of McDermott and Cantor. Um, but what we saw there was a chance for Carmelo to start and play as a stretch player next to these other players. And Doug and Ennis, based on their time here, were more situational players for us. And um, we had a hard time sometimes. Uh, you know, it's when you have Stephen Adams, the backup five can sometimes, you know, suffer. Now, Jeremy, fortunately, can play a couple different positions. So that's helped him a great deal. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we knew that we were going to check in pretty high anyway. Um, adding more uh, to that, um, you know, at that point in time, could have been preventative to other things. Uh, and we still have the opportunity to use bird rights at the appropriate time to have conversations with Jeremy. Uh, he also is, you know, one of those players that is extension eligible. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we'll have those conversations and we're excited about his development. We hope he's excited about his development and the track he's on. Um, but, you know, it's a marketplace and you have to see where that goes. And finally, Sam Presti talking about Russell Westbrook and how Russell Westbrook can work to improve himself over the offseason. One thing I one thing I can tell you about Westbrook is um, he's driven, okay? Uh, he's going to keep coming. He's not going to, um, you know, kick his feet up and um, expect to... Um, come back next year and, and have things just all of, that, all of a sudden be a little bit different. I think he's going to, based on every competitor, I think he's going to spend, now whether he'll tell you this or not, he's going to spend a lot of time thinking about the things he can do to get better. Um, and, you know, for our team, one of the things that I think he's focused on trying to do is become a better three-point shooter. And I see him late at night in this gym working on that. Um, you know, his ability to continue to catch and shoot and knock shots down, I think, is an, a, a big part of his continued uh, evolution as a player. With all that being said, you're talking at a guy, about a guy that is amongst the best players, if not the best players in the league. It would be easy for him to kind of rely on what he's done, but he's not going to do that. The areas for him to continue to improve, those are things that, one, you know, uh, structurally, how can we continue to find ways to put him in position to be um, – uh, enhance his effectiveness, you know, I wouldn't say make him effective because he's highly, highly effective. You know, we one thing about him is over the last 10 years, um, we have the second most total wins of any team in the league, including the playoffs other than San Antonio, and Russell's been here for all of that. Yeah, as I'm sitting here listening to all these Sam Presti pieces of audio, all these cuts, I keep wondering, was that tweet, was that billboard a fake? I, I, no, I, I, I gotta stop to consider that for a second. It's Twitter, it's social media, it's easy to doctor everything. It may be a total fake. I may be hosed and hoaxed right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I don't know if anybody's got any information on it. 
tweet me at G-E-E-H-S-O. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up next, we will hear from Trey Young and I will pass along some Summer League information to you. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Don't forget your best source for sports every day is LockedOnSports.com. Make sure it's your first stop when, when wanting to listen to sports and when wanting to read about sports. And remember, again, it's local experts covering the biggest story. It's LockedOnSports.com. Okay, before we hear from Trey Young, some summer news to pass along to you. The Oklahoma City Thunder will be going to Vegas because that's where everything is. Things tip off on July 6th. It will take place in the Thomas Mack Center. And Oklahoma City's opener will be at 4.30. And it will air on ESPNU on July 6th. And they will play the Charlotte Hornets and look for Terrence Ferguson and Akari Johnson to still play in the Summer League as well as the Thunder's draft picks that they get here in nine days. Thunder don't have a pick till the second round, but they've got two picks in the second round. So I would imagine you'd see both of them in the summer league as well. And I'm I'm also anxious to see Bryce Alford, who had a pretty good year for the Oklahoma City Blue. It, you know, what's going to happen with him coming back in, in the summer league? And, and does this guy show any promise of possibly making an NBA roster at some point in his career? We all know Trey Young will. And here is Trey Young from the NBA Combine on his draft. ESPN saying that Trey Young has the Highest ceiling, but also the biggest chance to bust. Jalen Rose was breaking him down today. Range is there. Defense needing some major help, as there was a video of him getting abused by Sexton of Alabama today. But here is Trey Young from the NBA Combine. There's some reports that came out that you met with the Thunder. Is that true? And what do you think of the organization? Yeah, I met with the Thunder. Um, I mean, I, I've been going to Thunder games since I was since they've been there. Uh, so I, I know the organization. Um, pretty well. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good meeting. What do you think about the Clippers organization? Uh, I, I mean, it's a great organization. I met with them as well. Um, there's, there's, teams in, there's, team, there's teams in this draft where I think it's just one, one piece away, two pieces away from, from being um, a team that's in the lottery this year but not next year and uh, can, make, can make big impacts. And, um, there's been some teams that I've met with that I feel like if I'm on that team, um, that that um, I can make a 
I mean, a, a big impact for them. What's this process been like for you guys so far? Could you just give us like a day to day of what it's been like? Uh, I mean, this process. I mean, as far as the the combine. Or yeah, just what you guys have been going through the past yeah, couple days. Yeah, just just interviewing, uh, getting up early, interviews, and um, I'm I'm getting uh, workouts in uh, multiple times in a day. Uh, just trying to find different times to get a workout in, and then I have some off the court stuff that stuff I have to do. How many total have you met with? Uh, I met with 13 total teams. Your mindset when you faced a, a bigger guard or somebody who tried to be physical with you? Uh, I, I, I loved it. I loved. Uh, I love when people try to get physical with me. And they think that's the re- They think that's the way to 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 be able to guard me um, and to, to get physical with me. But I use that to my advantage. I use I use different things to my advantage, and that's one thing. Trevor, you work Uh, it's all it's all depending on my agent and where, where he thinks I should work out and, and all that. So it's not, not, to be honest, that stuff's not really left up to me. It's, uh, it's it's where my agent feels that I should go. What, what do you, you think, think the about most the next point guards? We have a lot of point guards. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think uh, they all bring something different. Uh, we all have something different to the table, and uh, I feel like my overall skill set, my um, my ability to, to make others around me better, and my ability to help my team win um, is is unique. And the the guys that are there are, are good point guards. I mean, there's a reason why they're in the NBA. So I just think there's Everything, everybody has different different types of games, and uh, I think mine's unique and different compared to theirs. What would you think about playing with Paul? Oh, I would love it. Uh, I would love playing uh, with a guy like Porzingis who can who can score, stretch the floor, um, who who can do who can do a lot, um, a lot of different things. Um, but I think I can see myself doing. Doing some pretty good things with with other teams too. Are you familiar sure. with Jonathan Isaac at all through the AAU yeah. circuits? Uh, what, what do you know about him? Yeah, uh, I've known Jonathan since I was in high school. We played uh, with each other and against each other in AAU. <laughs> uh, I've actually talked to him a few times this year. Um, I mean, he's a good dude. Uh, I love his skill set. He's a, a really good player, and uh, he, he had a, a really good rookie year. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see all his continued success. And, mm-hmm. For sure. What would you say the most important thing is that you can take away from this week just by meeting teams and you know being around this entire thing? I mean, I'm still trying to sink all this in. Like this is this is such a surreal feeling for me. Um, I'm just. I think I can just take away. I mean, just the little bits and pieces that I've gotten to to know from each and every of these teams. I mean. You only get to meet with them for a certain amount of time, so just those little little bits and pieces that I get to meet and talk to them is something that I'm going to take away. Anything in particular that surprised you about this thing? No, nah, nothing. Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> how do you think uh, Coach Kruger prepared you for this next step in your career? Where do I? Or how How do you think he has? Uh, I think a lot of it comes within the film room. Uh, I watch a lot of film growing up, tremendous amount, um, but how much film and what we talked about in the film room uh, with Coach Kruger is something that is something that uh, I'm going to take, take back for sure. What do you think draft might be like for you? A lot of people talk about you kind of think about the journey, think about the culmination of when you first picked up a basketball, things like that. What do you think draft night will be like for you leading up to it? Uh, I think it's going to be a very fun, fun 
uh, experience, um, a fun journey for me. Um, uh, it's been a lot of hard work to get here. Uh, if you look back a year ago now, nobody would think I would, I would be in this situation. And uh, so just being here now is, is something that I'm going to take away and uh, just enjoy and relax and just uh, embrace it all. So that, that draft night is going to be uh, a great feeling for me. Why How much do you think nobody a year ago, nobody thought you would be in this situation? I mean, uh, as far as the one and done, I mean, um, a lot of people had me, a lot of people had me the fourth or fifth best point guard in my class, and so I, uh, I mean, I, I had I had I felt like I had something to prove coming into this year, and I think I did pretty well at that this year. But I know I got a lot of hard work and a lot of stuff I got to get better at. One more still, question: Do you still have a chip on your shoulder like that? I always have a chip on my shoulder until I hang my shoes up. Um, <laughs> no matter no matter how 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 long I play this game, the chip on my my shoulder will always be there, and uh, that that won't change. Yeah, so always. Appreciate yeah. Can you go uh, do an interview with the ESPN? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thank yeah. you yeah. so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Good luck to you. That wraps up the Locked on Thunder podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Eric G. Remember, as always, ELE, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.